Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Hi and welcome to episode 5 of The Bra and the Brave. If you've been listening from the very beginning, thank you. I hope you're enjoying the variety of conversations and guests I've been honoured to have on the podcast thus far. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the clan. For me, there's nothing better than sitting down and having a right good gab with someone who's passionate about what they do. The thing that soothes the soul, sparks joy and ignites all the senses. In today's episode, I chat with dance artist and choreographer Daniel Brawley. I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with Daniel for a number of years. He's a brilliant person, a total professional, and of course, like me, very passionate about dance. Enjoy today's episode. So I'm here with choreographer and dance artist, Daniel Brawley. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. Your lovely abode. (laughs) Um, Dan, this podcast is about people and their passions, and you have carved out a very successful career with your passion. So um, my first question really is, what is your earliest memory of loving dance, appreciating mm-hmm. dance, being curious about it? Um, well, I wasn't really exposed to dance that much when I was growing up. Okay. Like my family and my parents weren't theatre goers, they weren't avid theatre goers anyway. So um, I suppose just watching old musicals on TV and stuff like that was totally. my first insight. But I think through music videos, mm-hmm. that was really my kind of portal into how innovative and how creative dance could be so I think that was my first kind of idea that it wasn't all top hats and tails <laughs> you know all MGM old school um, Hollywood glamour yeah, yeah. so I think watching people like Bjork and Kate Bush and people who really used choreography and visual art in their music videos I think that was my first real insight into yeah. dance and how I really became hooked and inspired by movement. There's some really iconic music videos that you just yeah, like, like, stick with you your whole like life. Running Up That Hill by Kate, yeah. Kate Bush. I love that one. It's The choreography is so fresh now, mm-hmm. but at the time I can imagine, I mean I was really young, the first time I saw it, it was already, it had been around for years, but I think at the time if you were to see that and it was just new and released, uh-huh. it must have been a really... It must have looked really abstract, uh, yeah, 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 really uh-huh. innovative. So yeah, people like that and Grace Jones, people who just kind of use, they collaborate through music, dance and visual art, they're always kind of people who have inspired me really. So when did you actually start dancing then? Well, I was a bit late, uh-huh. but I mean at the time, because I'm older now. Um, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you though. At the time... Um, it was just, it was common for, for guys to get into dance later. Mm. So I was about 15, whereas okay. nowadays that would be considered old, well, mm. older. Yeah. But it was just the norm back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined a youth theatre company when I was, I was about 15, a local one. And I did a, did a few shows with them. And then at that time, when I was about 16, 17, I was just auditioning for things all over the country. I was going down to London and Birmingham and I was just auditioning, doing open calls for things really? that I was so not experienced enough to actually do. Not qualified for at all, completely out of my depth. Um, but I just jumped into it feet first when I decided that I wanted to work in the arts. 
But then I very, very quickly realised that I needed formal training. Ah. So I started applying for drama schools and I got in and I moved down to Bristol to train at the Academy for the Performing Arts when I was just turned 18. And did you enjoy that training? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was really good just to be surrounded by people who... Just to kind of get away from Scotland, I mean, mm, I love I Scotland. Say, moving away yeah. as, as a young and it was great to come back to Scotland, but just to kind of get away and yeah, just grow up. Uh-huh. You know, I think if you become a student and you do any sort of training, but you're still living at home, there's benefits to that. But I think you just you grow up much much quicker if you Absolutely. just have to kind of cut the apron strings mm, and move. True. So and just working with other creative people was great. I had great teachers. Um, were yeah. you performing while you were at yeah. when you were studying? So were you still yeah, kind of was, reaching out for those yeah, opportunities? Yeah, so I did, when I was a student, just graduated, I did a tour in Germany. And I did a panto, a couple of pantos, and I did a production of The Jungle Book okay. at the Tobacco Factory. And that ran like a kind of panto season all through uh-huh. Christmas and New Year. So I, I was still kind of doing work whilst mm-hmm. training. Really? But obviously full-time training on a degree pro courses so full on on that there's not much time to do Mm -hmm. much else but I loved it I loved my time there very much so did you stay there for a while after you'd graduated Um, a little while a little while but then I moved well I came back home for a holiday and just ended up staying because we were always kind of programmed to think like a lot of young people are programmed to think you have to go to London because that's the kind of epicenter for the arts Mm -hmm. not just in the UK but in the world really Um, so I decided to come home for a holiday and I just started freelancing and doing bits and bobs and then I quickly realised that there's, there is less opportunity in Scotland but there's also less, far less competition as well. So I, yeah, I, just, I think being a male dancer even back then, it was about, I don't know, about 14 years ago that I moved back. I was still really young of course. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think I re- at that time there, of course there were male dancers around but yeah. not as many no, as there are now so I think I kind of had that in my favour as well mm. and I just really quickly started getting work and really? decided to stay and don't excellent. regret it at all good for you yeah. excellent well it's very good that you stayed because it's, <laughs> it's you. very good for Scotland <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of your career thus far what have been some highlights for you um, well when I was younger I started teaching and I worked for the National Youth Dance Company for Scotland and I toured for two years with them but that was an education project so it was just teaching in schools all the time and I really enjoyed it but there wasn't much of a a creative outlet so um, when that project came to an end I decided to just try and forge more of a career more of a route into choreography so you'll know yourself it just takes time to network and meet the right people and then over time you're then offered the right opportunities so from choreography I think probably highlights have been working with companies like um, the Citizens, the Tron, the Lyceum and having my own work performed at the likes of Tramway, McRobert, Theatre Royal in Glasgow. Just you know seeing your, your work on yeah. these stages that you used to go and, go and visit as an audience so member when you were younger actually seeing your work up there is really exciting. And do, I've done some mass cast stuff as well so I was commissioned to choreograph a piece for the Commonwealth Games for the Queen's Baton, really. Oh, cool! So that was a cast of about 100. And then previous to that, I was um, the choreographer for the opening ceremony of the International Children's Games when they came Amazing. to Scotland. So, I remember 2011. That. Yeah, I remember that. That's so that great. was 800 dancers. 
Wow. So, um, yeah, I can, yeah, it varies. I think probably... Do you enjoy I, that mass? Yeah, I love it. Cast kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. That's quite a challenge in itself. It is, yeah, but yeah, it's a completely different way of choreographing because yes. it's all about formations. Uh-huh. It's not really about sequences. No. So if you've got 800 people doing really quite intricate stuff, from you know, from a distance, that doesn't look that impressive. Uh-huh. You can Getting them to stand in a triangle, the audience are wow. So it's a <laughs> complete to yeah. So, yeah. So it is about <laughs> it's stripping it back and just yes. going back to the, you know fundamentals and the basics. Because on a large scale, that stuff that is quite impressive. Oh, so absolutely. It's just kind of retraining, reconfigurating your mind to work with a small group or what a mass cast. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess you probably. You forget all the things you've done, yeah. like your career has been very fruitful and, and a long career. Obviously, you've got so many years ahead of you, but so. <laughs> <laughs> but you must just be like, oh, remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. like you almost like you keep yourself a wee CV just to exactly. Like, and even when it when it comes time, to, if you ever have to do an ups, uh-huh. uh, CV, you think, God, what do I actually put down Thanks. when you're self-employed and you're freelance? There's so many things that you've done. You think. You know, what is a highlight yeah, because you yeah. don't want to bore people and say well totally. I did this then that then that you know you need to kind of pick out these highlights and yeah it can be difficult but then it's good to have too many to choose from than Definitely. not enough in terms of your work in education working in schools mm-hmm. what has that given you um, well, when I was really young I kind of wanted to be a teacher as well so for me it's perfect I know a lot of people kind of artists kind of fall into teaching because perhaps they can't get performance work or whatever but for me I always wanted to do that mm-hmm. so I have my own education company um, which is just myself mm-hmm. but I work in schools regularly yeah. Yeah. and I just really enjoy it I like working in in a mainstream education environment because there's still those boundaries and still those restrictions and there's not that kind of option to you know opt out essentially uh-huh. and kids just young people love the chance to express themselves, Definitely. to get out of the classroom, get into a gym hall or outside, listen to music and just, yeah, just dance and move freely. And, and they kind of don't see you as a teacher, which is nice, yes. they call you by your first name and you have a you have a very different relationship with them than a permanent class mm-hmm. teacher and I like that. And di- I mean, I know we've touched on it slightly, but in terms of your creative process, what does that entail? Like, where do you start if you've been given a brief for you <coughs> an, an idea, like you've literally got a seed? Mm-hmm. How do you start to create a movement piece? Well, for me, I mean, I, yeah, there's no right and wrong. It's different mm. for everyone. For me, I'm really, I think, very visually. So costume is probably my go-to. That's my first thing. Fabrics, how they'll look and how they'll move on stage mm-hmm. or perhaps how they'll limit movement. Mm-hmm. And things like hair, if hair, would, if hair is going to be scraped back or if hair is going to be loose, because obviously that really affects yeah, choreography. Yeah. That's really interesting because I know you as a very stylish mm. person. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of the first things I think. Oh, when I think of that. <laughs> so that that doesn't surprise me, and I, but that's awesome that you that you yeah. think of that. Yeah, first I, and foremost, because it's important. That is important, yeah. but but not important to everyone. Because I know for a lot of people, it's all about the, the movement, and then these kind of things can often be kind of afterthoughts. Yeah. I know when I go and watch dance, I, that's something that I really kind of tune into, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the time you see people wearing really similar clothes a lot of the time and which I can kind of understand because you don't want um, costume to limit the choreography and the movement but I 
really tune into if they're wearing jewellery, if their hair's up or down, if they're barefoot, if they've got mm. shoes on, if you know the restrictions of their costumes, things like that are really important mm. to me. So, so I, I kind of start with that. So exactly. You walk on stage, you yeah. start telling a story yeah. about what you're wearing. Exactly. So I, I kind of start with that. Music is really, really important. That kind of comes next. So sometimes that can come first. But generally, actual choreography is the last thing that I will put together. Yeah. I'll create a piece. Yeah, it always and I comes guess last. once you've got the piece of music, you've got that vision in your head. Definitely. Then the, the movement comes. And the concept and the theme, obviously, yeah. and right at the start. But the choreography does tend to come last for me. In terms of your creative process, do you ever open that up to your performers to you know create little, little kind of motifs or create, you know be part of the creative process? Yeah, I mean, it depends who you're working, who yeah. you're choreographing on, but. Um, the last piece that I choreographed that's performed last year, um, I remember, I was really happy with it, but I remember watching it thinking there's not quite enough of that um, creativity coming through from the from the cast mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. So the piece that I'm working on at the moment, I made a conscious effort to hand the rein, because I'm a complete control freak and I think that's the problem. <laughs> Everything has to be done by me. So um, allowing them to take the reins a bit more just having trust in your dancers and allowing them to be creative because at the end of the day they need to develop their creative Mm. skills as well it's it's really really important so yeah I think um, now it's something I'm more in tune tune with and the the dancers do have to have that I guess a lot of the time it's down to time constraints in terms of rehearsal period and stuff as well and how confident they are because sometimes they're desperate to do that sometimes they really don't want to do that that's true if you've never been exposed to that kind of creative process it can be quite daunting uh-huh. it can yeah, yeah I understand that but it's still it is, it is an important area that for young dancers Absolutely. to develop definitely I know we touched on it in terms of the music videos that you grew up with and, and watching movie musicals and whatnot mm-hmm. but who or what inspires you I know we spoke about costume uh-huh. and visual art and so much so much inspires uh-huh. me um, it can be anything from stories to actual events or I love to travel, so maybe places that I've visited mm. and things like that. But there are also people and genres of whether it be music or film. I'm mm. inspired by lots of things. Pedro Almodovar, the Spanish film director, is quite mm. a big influence. Okay. So I've always kind of hoped to, at some point, create a piece that kind of pays homage to his work. I don't know if you're familiar with no, him. No, I'm not actually. He's really, really well known in, in Spain. Um, but his work is very um, dramatic and theatrical and his use of music with film, it, it's, they just marry together seamlessly. It's really clever. Okay, music okay. is a big part of his work and it's very stylized. And um, yeah, I've always been really um, inspired by him. Mm. Um, music, I always grew up, although I didn't grow up in a very theatrical household, uh-huh. my parents were always very, very into music. Yeah. So I've always grown up in a musical environment. So a lot of the music that I grew up with, I'm still really inspired by. Like I got a lot of black American soul music mm. I grew up listening to. So I'm still really into like doo-wop stuff, like yes. the Shangri-Las and the Shirelles and the Crystals and all those kind of people. But I also like people like Bjork and Kate Bush. And I love like kind of French 60s lounge style music, like Nouvelle Vague and Lily Frost and Serge Gainsbourg and all those kind of people. So music is a huge, huge inspiration from, from my work, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. I can't imagine you getting a creative block done. <laughs> but if you, well. ever, uh, <laughs> if you ever do, what does, how do you overcome a creative block? I think just removing yourself from the process entirely mm-hmm. for a while. Just, I think it's important to take breaks so that you can revisit your work 
with a fresh pair of eyes, yeah. you know? Because sometimes you think something's working and then you go back to it and you realise actually it's just not cutting, it's not mm-hmm. good enough. And I think it's also important to know when to let go because sometimes you might have an idea or concept that you think, I really like this and I want to go with it and it's just not the just right time. I've, I've found music that I've still got that I found maybe eight years ago uh-huh. that I still go back to every year every mm. couple of years and think I'm going to use that for my next piece and the, maybe the concept that I've kind of that I'm thinking of just doesn't fit just with the music and it just time. it just gets shelved again and mm. there's so much still on the back burner that I think I'm going to use that in the future but I think it's just about knowing actually that it's not the right time uh-huh. so I need to let this idea go and just you know rip yeah, up like and start again yeah not giving yourself a hard time of like why can I not yeah. it's just like this is not the time exactly. for exactly yeah so just yeah. letting go of ideas is just as important as having ideas mm. I think yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense right now mm-hmm. what are you up to what are you working on well, I'm working on a piece um, that's called, that's entitled This is Zagreb. So it's based on the Balkan War mm-hmm. um, the, f- that happened obviously in the mid-90s. And um, it's part. It's going to be performed next month on okay. the 2nd of March at the McRobert Theatre as part of the Destinations Festival. Um, I grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. and that was that the Bosnian War, the Balkan War rather, was my first insight into what war is and the devastation that it can bring really and yeah. you know we lived in a time before social media so it was newspapers news bulletins radio it was we were just kind of bombarded with these yeah. images and bulletins of of and news of what was happening in that part of the world and it's just something that always stayed with me and i've always been really interested in it so i think by choosing this kind of theme and wanting to create something based on that it gave me a chance to just kind of educate myself mm-hmm. a bit more and learn yeah. a bit more because I, although I was aware of it I didn't have any idea about the politics behind it and yeah. exactly what happened yeah. so and also it is with a youth company so I kind of feel it's important to kind of pass that information on so that they are because they're probably around the age I was or maybe slightly older um, when it was happening firsthand for me when yeah. I was kind of learning about it so to be able to pass that information on and kind of not educate them because I'm by no means an expert on it, but just give them an insight Absolutely. into, yeah, into yeah. those atrocities. I think is, I think it's definitely a positive mm. thing. So, have you started? Yeah, it's finished. It's finished. Yeah, so we finished it before Christmas okay. because it had to be submitted ah, okay, um, right, and it was you. selected. Mm-hmm. So now we are in rehearsals just to kind of polish it, just perfect it a bit more, and it'll be performed in, yeah, about four weeks' time. So how many now. performers are there in your piece? There's 13 in the company. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, we, and they're quite an eclectic bunch as well. That's so we have nice. a real kind of mix of, there's about five male dancers, um, you know, different ages, different mm-hmm. abilities, which are they the kind of dancers I like to work with. Yeah. You know, so which are real melting pot. Well, they're based at a theatre school that okay. I um, teach at, the mm. Vachy Theatre School in Glasgow. So um, I was just, yeah, kind of given free reign to just select a company, work with them, kind of mould them into, yeah, a youth dance company mm. to to create a piece that we could submit for entry. And luckily enough, it was it was That's selected. Great. What a great opportunity for them as well. To, yeah, well, to we did it last year as well. Yeah. We did a piece called Delinquent, and it's a lot of the same dancers. 
and with a few new recruits and they, they loved it they loved the yeah. experience because it's a national platform so getting to work with companies from Aberdeen and Edinburgh and some really rural areas as yeah. well so it's just yeah it's a these, real good platform to share to with you definitely life. and hopefully inspire yeah. young people to then maybe and the young people you're working with like how did they kind of react to the subject matter and well, the last piece. The, we, the piece, this is the second piece, as I say. So the mm-hmm. first piece was, again, it was quite an adult content. It was about um, gang culture, mm. kind of focused on, like, kind of South London gang culture. And, yeah, there was there was definite adult themes within that. So I think, although this is more adult, well, more serious, I think that there was already a kind of shoe in there from the uh-huh. previous piece. So it wasn't like, you know, going from doing... You know, a kind of frivolous musical to, right, we're going to talk about war. You know, it was, there was a shoe in there. There was a kind of natural progress. So they were, they were expecting something that was, I suppose, quite heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to explore something new in a safe environment, creatively, Mm -hmm. with your friends who are all like-minded and, you know, passionate about what they do. And I think the kind of ethos behind setting the company up was to give young people an insight into what... A professional dance company works like so I treat them completely as professionals mm-hmm. they behave and return as as professionals so I think when you do tackle subject matters like this there's just that instant maturity from them which is yeah. great I mean as a choreographer that's mm-hmm. I couldn't ask for more no, that's superb talking about frivolous musicals <laughs> <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> all the jazz hats um, is that something that you enjoy doing do you often get yeah. a chance to yeah, I do. Well, I trained in musical theatre, that was my degree. So, And I teach at a theatre school. So I do kind of, although, I don't know if I, could, if I have one particular favourite, but uh-huh. I love the kind of choreography I do in terms of creating a piece. Yeah. But it's still so nice to be able to use those skills that you learned. And yeah, just kind of revisit that whole kind of because musical theatre is such a non-threatening environment. I mean, it's I just so like fun. I love musical. I'm saying frivolous. It's yeah, yeah. I love it. No, but I know what uh, you mean because it's not because it is light-hearted. It's yeah, like a bubble musical theatre, and to be able to be part of that and still yeah, <laughs> and still use that. I mean, I just choreographed in West Side Story for the yes. theatre school, which I know you did a few years ago uh, as well. Yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, no, I still get to do musical theatre. We do mm-hmm. like a show run, which we just finished a few mm-hmm. days ago actually, which is from the start of January till kind of middle of February so I get to do my musical theatre kind of outlet then mm-hmm. and then work on other stuff throughout the year if you were to pick your favourite musical it doesn't need to be one that you've necessarily been involved mm-hmm. with what would it be? oh I don't know there are so many and there are so many for different reasons uh-huh. because I love being a dancer I love you know Bob Fosse stuff because it's so stylized yeah. and iconic but I also love in terms of musical in terms of scores I like Boobiel and Schoenberg stuff, mm-hmm. so although it's classic, like Martin Gare and Miss Saigon and Les Mis and yeah. all those things. So yeah, for music, there are certain musicals, but for choreography and dance, there, there are others. If I had to choose one, uh-huh. Sweet Charity. Oh, nice! Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Because it's just iconic dance number after iconic <laughs> dance number. <laughs> really, yeah, exactly. Some shows have one, they have about eight, so <laughs> I love that show, yeah. Absolutely. In my eyes and many other people, you have been very successful. Oh, thank you very um, much. But how would you define success? I think in terms of your career or your yeah. life, or however you want to define it. I think, well, in terms of work, mm-hmm. I think success for me is just appreciation. So, yeah, I, I appreciate what I do um, is 
is important because I get to do something that I'm really passionate about that I would probably do anyway if yeah. I wasn't being paid. Yes. But to get to, you know, make a living out of it, and I always have been fortunate enough to make a living out of it, that I certainly consider myself lucky and successful in that respect. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think just people appreciating what you do if you create something. It's, for me, it's about provoking a reaction. So I've always thought and always said that I would rather some people loved what I had created and some people hate what I created than everyone think it was okay. You know, I you think just to just, something. yeah, something to really, provoke some yeah. sort of emotion or reaction mm. or opinion at least is so important to me because, and I think when you work in any art form, to leave your viewer or audience empty or hollow is just, that's a sign of failure. So yeah, to just provoke any sort of reaction, whether it's good or bad, is, is that, success that's, to yeah. me. Because ultimately that's what's going to happen. Exactly. But if, you, if you've made someone sit up and watch to then yeah. form an opinion. Exactly. Then if you hate something, then you feel strongly about it. Yes. You know, and that's Absolutely. what art is. No, you're never going to create something that everyone's going to love. It's just not realistic. Mm, very true. Do you get the opportunity to go and see a lot of theatre and dance? Um, yeah, well, I try. It's tough. It I went to see War Horse the other day, which I loved. It's so good. It is so good. I completely get why it won so many awards. But I think when you work in the arts, a lot of the time you're working evenings and weekends, and that's when these, you know, most performances are on. So it can be difficult. But yeah, I do. I mean, I go to the fringe each year, and I do try and get to see as much as possible, just when time allows. Yeah. What about collaborating with other artists, be it dancers or you know musicians? Is that something that you've had the opportunity to do a lot of? Is it something that you're keen to do more of? Like, what well, where's your interest? Um, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I collaborate a lot with other dancers so mm. much, but I'm really used to collaborating. I think because I trained in musical theatre, I've collaborated a lot with directors, yeah. actors. Yeah. I really, and musicians, I really like working with actors, actually. I find it, it's very, very different if you're choreographing on a group of dancers or a group of actors. Actors are... I find they question everything, which is obviously part of their process. yeah their yeah. process to yeah. question things. Yeah, that's to completely yeah, to complete that's completely natural for an actor to mm-hmm. question things. Whereas dancers are far more willing to just do things, uh-huh. just and be just told die. what to do because we're used to it. <laughs> yeah. We're used to just <laughs> shutting up and doing what we're told. Swallow. Yeah. <laughs> so and because I think uh, dancers, obviously, so much of it is non-verbal. It's, it's visual, so you're used to just watching what someone does and then copying that, yeah. replicating that. Whereas actors, there's, it's a completely different process to get to that same end product. Mm. But I really like working with actors yeah. and musicians as well, yeah. So I do like collaborating yeah, in that nice, respect. It's nice to switch things up a bit. Definitely. It challenges you. And, and you know, sometimes that. it's nice to work with actors or, or, or musicians because dancers have so much technique that if you ask them to sometimes be creative, it can just become a series of technical moves just put together. Whereas actors and musicians and just generally people who perhaps aren't as experienced or trained in dance are, they can quite often be less inhibited. Yes. You know, they can be yeah. willing to actually be completely creative and let themselves go. That's and so and that can be really rewarding. Yeah. Because you you know, you're almost like, I don't want you to be a dancer here, I want you to be exactly. a normal person who a normal person Exactly. <laughs> Pad of <laughs> set with change. Chate, <laughs> <Split>. chate. <laughs> <laughs> Not really what I was looking for in this scene. 
Um, in terms of the arts in general, um, and, and maybe focusing in on Scotland, what is important to you? Um, I think the I think there's been a real significant shift in gender equality within the arts, particularly dance, because for so long, particularly in Scotland and the north of the country, dance has been such a female-dominated art form yeah. for so so long, and. I think the last kind of 15 years there's been a real shift and there's so many more men and boys because it has to come from the youth yeah. and so many boys have had a kind of route into dance from from when they were younger that now as men mm. and young men they um, they no longer have or are, are, a lot of the time they're not they're not even aware there even was a stigma yeah. about um, men dancing mm. and I think that shift is so positive Absolutely. and I, I'm not really a fan of you know, reality television, but I think having these shows like Britain's Got Talent and Got to Dance and all these shows have given young boys and girls, but more importantly for young boys, male role models in yeah. dance, that these men are masculine mm. and strong and there's that element of danger and risk which a lot yeah. of young boys and, and girls like as well. Did exactly. That majorly, you know, yeah. I mean, how many years ago? That You're talking about 2009, 2010, uh-huh. yeah, so I yeah, about 10 years a, ago. That was All these, yeah, the kind of urban dance really uh-huh. exploded yeah. and street crews and everything really kind of mm. paved the way for, for young guys. I've never had, never had a boy in any class at any age say, I'm not doing it because it's for girls. But still, um, sometimes when I work in schools, I'll be presented with all-female classes. Mm-hmm. And that's because the staff, you know, the people our age or older, they still think that yeah. stigma's there. And they'll say the boys won't want to do it. But actually, give, give me a mixed-gender class and none of the boys are no. going to drop out. They're not no. going to opt out at all. So that shift, I find, really, really encouraging. And if you personally are going into a school, <clears throat> I think it's fantastic for young boys to see a male dancer I think it does help. I'm, I'm, yeah, I won't lie. I think yeah, my gender has helped in my career um, from time that's to time. A positive, I think it has. You know, for them to see you as a role model and see what you know you've achieved and that you're standing up in front of them. And this is for everybody. This is for you. This mm-hmm. is not something that is yeah, exactly. But like you say, I think you're you're spot on. Young people aren't aware, mm-hmm. which is which is such a good thing. Yeah. I mean, lots of I mean, it, it's a very British thing. Particularly Scottish, because other cultures, it's always yeah, been mixed gender. Yeah, Spain and even France is uh-huh. such a you know these yeah. these countries are so close to us culturally, but yet we still always had yeah, that dancing kind for of, fun, like dancing yeah. is part of you know, social activities. Yeah. And I don't even know what caused it because always in the UK, you know, in the sixties, fifties, it, it was always gen you know gender mixed mm. in that respect. Dance as an art form or as a form of entertainment or mm. a hobby. I don't know what happened that kind of stopped yeah. men dancing, but mm-hmm. hap- I'm glad that it's that that's shifting again. Is there anything that you're looking forward to in the future in terms of your career? Is there anything on your bucket list of dance? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I no, I don't know. I think I think to be able to just keep creating. Mm. I think yeah, as long as I can still, you know, support myself earn a living out of having that creative outlet mm-hmm. I mean that as I said you know, that's success to me mm. and that's if I can continue that then I'll be happy I'll be I happy. could see you directing music videos I think that I think you'd be I'd love to do that. that unfortunately there's a huge industry for that in Scotland so much but 
Yeah, that's the kind of thing yeah, I would, I would love that. to do. Thank you very much. <laughs> we need to find a band. <laughs> yeah, let's form a band. It can be our music video. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on that note, Dan, thank you so much for no. doing this formal part of the interview, although I hope you've not felt it's too formal. No, not at all. Thank you for asking <laughs> um, me. Your wisdom lovely. and your experience and the joy that obviously it brings is very evident because oh, you, you look like you're having a ball when you're teaching. I've been privy to that many times. <laughs> um, so thank you for doing this. Thank um, you this very next much. bit is, I've called it the quick fire round for want of a better name, it's never went quickly yet. Okay. I think these t- questions are more difficult for people because they're just totally randoms. There's a wee bit more insight to who Daniel is. Okay. What moment in your past would you want to relive again? <sighs> mm, I don't know. Uh, one particular, like, event? or it's a, been, a, it's a, I, I would say probably when I was about 23. I don't know why I hold on to that age particularly. But I think when I was 23... It was a good old year. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember much about it. Um, I think at that age, I had finished. You know, I'd finished training. Uh-huh. I was earning my own money. I, you know, I was an adult, but still mm. really young. Yeah, I was going out with my friends all the time. You know, you're, it's that kind of bridge between you're not a child anymore, but you don't have that much adult responsibility. Yeah. It just seemed to be one party after another. So, Sounds yeah, I'd quite good. like to be twenty three again. I still, I still live my life like I am 23, what am I talking about? <laughs> and you can rock 23 any day. <laughs> if you were in a band, mm-hmm. what would they be called? <laughs> the Vendettas. Oh, I actually there? made that up once. I was on holiday in Spain when I was about 23. <laughs> and I had quite long hair at the time. Uh-huh. And like everyone did because indie was, you know, had boomed. Yeah. And I remember this guy was like, oh, you're in a band? And I used to get asked that all the time, just Did because you? the way I dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't play a guitar or any instruments. <laughs> but um, I just kind of got sick of saying no, that I just said yes. He said, what band? is like, the Vendettas. <laughs> Made it up on the what? spot. And yeah, maybe one day I will form the Vendettas um, and you can be part of it. You can play guitar, nice. can't you? Yeah, totally. And you can I mean, sing, about, so maybe I'll just I dance in the background. Chords. I can sing better <laughs> than I can play, so... <laughs> I'll choose the costumes for us. You can pretty much do the rest. Right, okay. okay I'm Done. We're on it. Vendettas it is. <laughs> what is the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet them? Um, shoes. Really? Yeah. What am I wearing? They do. <laughs> Where my goal is? <laughs> I've seen them before. They're okay. They're cool. They're cool. But I probably shoes mm. or well, vi- um, in temp like physical things. Uh huh. Visual things. Um, I would say yeah, maybe shoes or hair. Told you. I mean, I'm looking at Dan right now, and I'm in his very stylish house. Like it's all about the style. <laughs> I bet most people say teeth, do they? But that's quite know, a common I'm not one. Asked this, you're the first right, person okay. I've asked. I try to mix up the questions. You ask see. other people. I bet they I say will. teeth. Yeah. But I would say yeah, probably shoes. Okay. You also have lovely teeth. <laughs> you win that one. Window seat or aisle seat? Definitely window. Okay. You were on that. One hundred percent. Yeah. So and all if my we friends were flying know together. You would be like window. Beat it. I normally sit, if, if I'm going with two friends on holiday mm-hmm. or more, I sit at the window on the way there. Mm-hmm. No, I sit on the, in the middle on the way there and the window on the way back and all my friends know it. <laughs> you were so like on that day. I was like, okay, <laughs> Has, okay, okay and, my, and my friends, thankfully, are really kind that way and they always let me have my own way. Because I'm full, full of fun on the way there and then I just went to sleep on the way back. <laughs> Zone out and don't speak to anyone. Fun Daniel on the way there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk Very to different Daniel, Daniel on the way, on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Desert Island slash Death Row Last Meal. Oh, that would be Spanish food tapas. Mm-hmm. So, so I could just be really greedy and have lots. So of I'd have you could. paella, fish, chorizo, mm-hmm. 
cocktails, the lot, the, the wax, I'd go out in style. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Is that were all your best ideas? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. and, and it's feel. always yeah, it's always been that way as well. Mm. I've never really been a morning person. What makes you laugh? And my friends. Yeah. Definitely. I've yeah, I have such a good group of friends and family and people around me who I love, and I've that's definitely my greatest achievement. If anyone was to ask me or has asked me what my greatest achievement was, before any sort of career highlights, definitely my friends and family and people around me that I love. That's so lovely. they all. They always make me laugh. Um, so yeah, that's an easy one. My friends and family, yeah. I love that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. This one has become a bit of a recurring question just because of the name of the, the podcast, okay. obviously, The Bra and the Brave. Mm-hmm. So what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? <gasps> that's a good question. Um, shugle. Yes! Get a good shugle. <laughs> I know somebody with a dog called Really? Shugle. Yeah. I love that one and I also love... I know you like this word. I love it. Sleek it. Yes! <laughs> it's so descriptive. Oh, it's so... She's a sleek it wee lassie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. There are name. many though. Gallus is a good one. Totally. Scunnered. That's Scunnered. another good one. I'm scunnered. Another really that's descriptive one. No I, love the Sc- I love the Scots language. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And that's partly why I end up coming up with the brawn the brave. Um, What's your favourite Scottish uh, word? Probably, I probably don't use it that mm-hmm. often although I don't drink any water ever so I've always got a drift oh I love that one as well I use that every Sunday <laughs> <laughs> that is a good it's such a descriptive uh-huh. dialogue it really just is just some seriously good ones yeah. and ones have came up that you know obviously other people have shared and I'm like oh you forget about so some cool. of them don't uh-huh. you um, and there's probably ones I use that I don't even realise that I'm doing yeah, it yeah, as yeah. a Scottish phrase exactly yes I, when I lived in England there's so many words and they're not always Scotch dialect, uh-huh. but just words that we use, like pals. Uh-huh. They, that's rarely used in the South. It's always mates, uh-huh. friends. And we say how in the wrong context all the time. We use the word how instead of why, and it really it bemuses <laughs> people in England. <laughs> we use it in the wrong context that's all the time. It's funny, like working in uh, other areas as well, the words that they'll use, like that I've never heard. Yeah. So when I started working in Clip Manager, they used the word sticky. What does that mean? Like you're really stiff, like and not, you're not flexible. Oh, so right. I'm like, oh, I'm dead sticky the day, and that oh, was that's like, that's a new one. What is that? And even yeah, even when you go to, like towards the east, like not even as far as Edinburgh, but you're heading that direction, you mm. can see that the accent and certain uh-huh. words change. Yeah, yeah. Badge, that's a real East Coast word, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. I thank really appreciate it, me. and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Everything that you're about to do with Destinations Festival and um, yeah, it's the start of the year, so who Who knows knows? that music video (laughs) happening this year, I feel like. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.